0: The freezing wind howls despair into my ears, rips through my meager clothing, cuts like knives against my flesh. In the bleak distance, I hear the rumble of falling ice, the groan of gigantic glaciers grinding one against the other like the bones of titans. The pained screams of the damned rise above the noise and soak the air. "'Welcome to Cania!' my father says. His voice comes from everywhere, from nowhere, and worms into my soul. The power in his tone causes Erebus and Riven to clutch their heads and groan. The blood that leaks from their ears freezes a crimson streak down jaw and neck. Erebus leans forward and vomits onto the ice. It steams for only a moment before Cania turns it hard and cold. Riven does the same, and the wind devours the curses he offers between heaves. My ears, too, might be bleeding. I cannot tell. I still feel the sting in my forearms from the source's tendrils, but little else. Mind and body have not fully integrated. I think, I brought us here. And the thought is accompanied by the despairing realization that I am truly my father's son. Darkness is loose in me, given freedom by my own hand. I have gone in a moment from possession by the source to possession by an arch devil. I laugh, but it turns to sobs. The tears freeze on my face, unable to fall. We stand at a soot-dusted mound of packed snow and rock overlooking a desolate plain of filthy ice. Rivers of hellfire cut a jagged arterial path through the plains as far as I can see. Steam billows in the air where hellfire meets ice. The snow-swept wind carries the stink of charred flesh, rot, and brimstone. Suffering and despair are thick in the air thrashing souls burn within the rivers of flame. Their screams, plaintive and agonized, make an eerie symphony with the wind. Ice devils, towering pallid insectoids armed with iron hooks and coated in exoskeletons like plate armor, prowl the riverbanks. They are far enough away that they seem not to notice our arrival, or perhaps they do not care. The burning souls try from time to time to clamber up the river bank for a respite from the flames. They are free of the fire for only a moment before the Gelugons pounce, impale them on their hooks, and toss them flopping and screaming back into the fire. The scene makes me lightheaded. Erebus spits out the last of his vomit, glances at the suffering, and turns away. He shouts a spell into the icy air. Shadows swirl protectively about him and war with the wind. He finishes the casting and puts an ice-rhymed hand to himself, to me, to Riven. The magic insulates me from the cold. Erevis removes his cloak and places it around me. He takes me by the shoulders, looks me in the eyes, and shouts something, but I cannot make it out. I hear only the damned and wind and glaciers and the echo of my father's voice— I am distant from events, outside myself. He sees my despair, and his face shows concern. I don a mask of strength and nod to assuage him. Seemingly satisfied, he pats my shoulder and turns, weapon ready, to search the desolation for my father. I do the same, squinting into the wind, but dreading what I will see. I spot my father first, and my breath catches. My heart sinks. I point. There, I say, and hear the hopelessness in my voice. Erevis's and Riven's gazes follow my upraised arm. When they see him, both go still. Gods, Erevis says, but I barely hear it. The shadows about him withdraw into his flesh, as if in fear. Riven says nothing, but his single eye is transfixed, his habitual sneer erased by open-mouthed awe. Mephistopheles, Archduke of Cania, Lord of Hell, my father, crouches a long bowshot from us atop a hill of ice.